Welcome back to Rule A Politics, where we always tell the truth or at least don't lie. I am Jeremy Sammons. Joining with me today is Zach Sacker. On today's show, we have lined up the new COVID relief legislation that is expected to pass this evening. We have the solar wind uh, cyber espionage campaign that has recently been brought to light. And we have the new COVID variant that has been detected in Europe. So, Zach, let's kick it off with what's going on with this new round of COVID relief. Sounds good. And thank God we got something coming through the pipeline for all the struggling people out there. We do have some cash. Uh, Could have been more. Um, You know, I wish it was more, but $600 should be going out to everybody who received a stimulus check the last time, although it's half the amount. Um, so we got that done and there's a few other things in the package too. Um, but this, uh, could have been done last week. Maybe we should, you know, take a few steps back and, and talk about how we got here. Um, there was like a last minute curveball. Um, Senator Pat Toomey almost derailed this whole thing. Um, you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, so there was a major point of contention with this legislation. Um, It was mainly centered around uh, one senator, Pat Toomey, uh, who was very concerned with the way that the uh, with the first CARES Act legislation, the way that it authorized the Federal Reserve to actually loan directly to local municipalities and also to like mid-sized businesses. Um, I guess overall, the program in and of itself was kind of a failure. So back in March, uh, Congress passed the CARES Act and they, they gave the, they, they authorized the Fed essentially $450 billion that they could lend directly from, from the Federal Reserve to local municipalities, um, mid-sized businesses. And that's just the, the, the two big ones. But a lot of these funds went unused. So Toomey and other Republican uh, legislators were concerned that come the next Biden administration that they were going to leverage this function of the Federal Reserve to circumvent Congress and provide um, direct relief to local governments uh, without congressional approval. So given the fact that there was you know hundreds of billions of dollars just sitting in a pile at the Federal Reserve, well, I guess if it, you're depending on who the Biden administration nominates to, to run the Fed, well, I guess potentially you could have had an issue there of where, you know, uh, we're circumventing congressional action. You could have bailed out states that need a help. And the argument that's being made is that it's, you know, these quote unquote blue failing blue states that need relief the most, which may actually may or may not be the case. And, you know, come 2021, when states really start to feel the crunch from lost revenues, this potentially like could blow up in their face. You know, it's uh, not sure if it was really the best thing to do, given, you know, on, on the, you know, we're, we're still in the midst of a global deadly pandemic, you know, uh, cutting off a pathway for aid might be a little short sighted. Uh, what do you think on the situation, Zach? You know, it's it's. I think it's something that 
it was so left field. Um, you know, last week we were talking about the stimulus uh, proposals and what we had said last week, we pretty much outlined what was probably going to happen. And that was, there was going to be, you know, one side was arguing for $1,200 direct checks. It was another side saying nothing. And then president Trump said, why don't we meet in the middle and do $600 direct checks? Um, and then the two most contentious issues we had talked about, um, the Republicans wanted liability protections, coronavirus related liability protections for businesses. The Democrats wanted this um, uh, direct aid to uh, state and local governments, um, essentially a bailout of the blue states as the Republicans were saying. They agreed to drop that from the package. Um, and this probably could have gotten done like early on last week. And then this Fed issue just kind of came out of nowhere um, because as you just you know, laid out, it's, it, they, there was this fear that the incoming administration was going to be able to use these leftover funds to, to get their bailout of, of the uh, blue cities and states. Um, how do I feel about it? Um, I think I'm, I'm just more uh, pissed off that uh, it, it took an extra week because <laughs> this package, yeah. I mean, it, it's very late. This should have been done months and months ago. There hasn't been anything since, since the CARES package came out, um, I believe, in March. Um, it's been a very long time. Compare us to any other industrial country, um, and, and those governments have done much more for their people, and um, the stress levels aren't nearly as high, and... Uh, you know, we're not exactly doing better than um, a lot of these other countries in terms of um, death rates and, and transmission rates. So, you know, we've just kind of our response to the coronavirus, both economically and in terms of health, has just not been very good. Um, but anyway, the um, Senator Pat Toomey um what was interesting was that uh, the CARES package, these programs that the uh, that were given to the Fed um, in the CARES package, uh, really were supposed to expire at the end of the year anyway. Um, mm -hmm. So it sounds like what Senator Toomey wanted to do and other Republicans was just reiterate this fact that it expires on Friday. I think part of the fear as it relates to um, uh, the Democrats being able to use these leftover funds to bail out the state and local governments, um, part of the fear, I think, was in passing this new package. Does this mean, even if there's no language regarding the Fed in the package, does this new package replace the CARES Act and essentially... Um, mean that the deadline that was put in the CARES Packet Act no longer applies because there's an updated version. It's like a, it's like a, you know, a, a, an update for, for your video game, you know, um, all the, uh, there's all this new stuff that comes in the update and is one of the new things in the update is they, they're getting rid of the expiration on, uh, you know, the, the, the feds lending powers program. Uh, so, 
this whole situation, why it was extended another week, really had to do with language, like really nerdy legal stuff. You know, what is the language in the bill? Are the Democrats going to have the ability to argue that this expiration date no longer applies because there's an updated version of, uh, of the CARES package, which is this new act? Um, not even sure if the, the, the stimulus uh, package has an official name or anything. Um, but um, um, so how do I feel? I never really answered that. Um, I don't I don't have much personal feelings on this one way or another, other than it should have been done sooner and there should have been more aid directly to people because that's that money is most efficiently spent more than, you know, I, I think any other program that's in the uh, government's yeah. arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you know, the, the, the week that, you know, both sides spent, you know, fighting about whether or not we're, you know, going to provide relief for local governments, if we're going to provide liability protection. I mean, both those were ultimately dropped in this legislation. They both dropped it. Mm -hmm. It took them a week to do it. Like, yeah, it, it's, you could have just left it both, like both sides could have left it off the table from the very beginning. We could have ironed out this, this goofy um, Federal Reserve legislation, which was, the, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, kind of already going to be worked out already with the, the original CARES Act. Like the money that wasn't spent was supposed to be sent back to the Federal Reserve and you, you were basically done with it. Um, <laughs> so, it, I mean, <laughs> it was a, we, we wasted a bunch of time making it seem like they were doing something, but in reality, they were doing mostly nothing at all. And, mm -hmm. and they were left with $600 checks instead of 1200, uh, unemployment benefits are set at an additional 300 instead of, I, I believe, has it been 300 for a while or was it 400 up until now? Uh, I think, I think it's been 300 for a while. Uh, initially it was 600. And then right. I think it, I think it did go down to 400 for a little bit. And then we were at 300. I'm not really sure to be honest with you, mm -hmm. but, but, but yeah, it is 300 moving forward. Mm -hmm. Which, uh, which also with the, you know, with the expiration dates built into that with, uh, you know, with the, uh, eviction moratorium with the expanded, um, uh, food food assistance programs other stuff like that you know expiring at the mm -hmm. end of january well then hopefully we can address this issue with a different uh well with the biden administration and yeah. potentially a different senate you know that the the house makeup will largely still be the same unless something crazy happens and uh, the democrats might be able to uh, or nearly be able to put whatever they want into any package mm -hmm. coming up yeah um yeah, and, and it is worth noting that Joe Biden is basically describing this bill as a down payment. Uh, he's saying that there's going to be more stimulus once he takes the oath of office, and that could come as soon as late January. So, um, yeah, this should there there. Hopefully, there's more on the way, and hopefully, the next package is better. Um, you know. Uh, I, we really should have it now, but, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, the future is better than nothing at all. So, um, so yeah, just, just hopefully, hopefully the next package is, <laughs> is bigger and better. I think the only thing that I'm 
really most interested come February when we revisit this subject is going to be whether or not uh, Kamala Harris supports recurring cash payments or not. You know, if she's going to be the deciding vote in the Senate, potentially, you know, is she still going to support that idea, support that type of legislation, or is she going to, you know, bow down to the party and uh, <laughs> go with normal democratic solutions, which is layers and layers of of a nanny state bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Now, so, does that have support in Congress? Continuing direct payments. I would have to double check. And I am, if, if my memory serves me correctly, because I, I haven't looked into it, but HR, or at least in the House, HR 6496, I believe had 70 or 60 or 70 co sponsors. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. remember what the Senate bills were, but the, uh, the legislation that was proposed by uh, Ro Khanna and Tim Ryan did have a pretty hefty amount of support behind it. And that was the emergency money for the people act. That was a recurring $2,000 a month. Okay. So we just had a technical difficulty, but our system is back online and we're actually ready to move on to the next topic, which was another major development that we just found out about this week. Um, the U S government and many uh, major corporations throughout the country were hacked by the Russian government. Um, all fingerprints are leading back to Russia. Um, and every day we're finding out more and more information about this breach. It's being called the, the largest act of, of espionage, essentially, uh, on the U.S., um, or at least cyber espionage. Um, conducted against the U.S. Um, we're still trying to figure out the, the, the scope and the magnitude of this. Um, but uh, Jeremy, what are your uh, initial thoughts on the matter? Yeah, this is a, a huge deal. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what, you know, I don't watch cable news very often, so I'm not sure what's going on in the coverage there. But I... I wonder if they really are, you know, giving this the the attention that it deserves, because it is truly the largest cyber attack on this country, or probably in the in the history of cyber warfare, and its ramifications are like still unknown. So, mm-hmm. quick rundown of what happened was there was this company called SolarWinds. They provide IT support for everybody and their brother. Uh, we're talking um, the State Department, uh, the Commerce Department, the um, the city of Austin, Texas, Microsoft. I mean, they're like, if not the biggest, one of the B- the biggest IT support companies on this planet. So it appears that it, Russia was able to successfully install malware into their programs, like so efficiently and effectively that it was actually included in system updates for um, SolarWinds products. So a very sophisticated attack. Mm-hmm. And so what's also even crazy about this, or the craziest part, oh, go ahead. No, no, keep going, keep going. Uh, I would say, so what's even the, the craziest part about this, all right, so it's still happening. Like the hack has not stopped. Like if you are still using a SolarWinds product, they are still actively harvesting that information from your data systems. And mm-hmm. it will likely be a very long time before they figure out how to turn this off. 
because it, it's it's so far widespread. All right, so the solar winds hack initially affected eighteen thousand solar wind customers, who then passed that virus on to their customers, who then went on to pass a virus on to their customers. So it's a, a giant worm. It's absolutely everywhere. And so how you get something that that is this rooted in the entire infrastructure of basically the planet at this point mm -hmm. it's 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 crazy it is it is seriously mm -hmm. i mean mitt romney was incorrect when he described this as like something equivalent to the attack on pearl harbor it is mm -hmm. massive and just to be clear this is not just a regular virus this is actually giving the russians access to uh to view our data and also manipulate data so you know the the treasury department or the uh the um the national institutes of health could be conducting some kind of survey the russians can change the data in that survey and our leaders could be getting faulty information that's designed to for us to make policy that really isn't addressing the the real problems or something because our politicians and our media is reliant on faulty data um, it, it's, it, it's not, it's not good. Um, we really have to assume that, um, the Russians have access to basically all the information that each of these agencies and non-governmental organizations, um, have. So, you know, if, if, Russia attacked the, uh, um, so supposedly they gain access to uh, the Department of Homeland Security. Um, we have to assume that pretty much everything that the Department of Homeland Security knows, the Russians now know. Um, mm -hmm. That's a pretty big deal. And that's just not me saying that. That is um, um, Tom Bassert, who was uh, the former Homeland Security advisor to President Trump uh, before he was fired. Um, he was actually fired in a pretty famous way. He found out from the media that he was getting fired before he was actually fired. Um, he was also the Dep deputy Homeland Security advisor to George W. Bush. Um, he wrote a, a New York Times opinion article. Um, and it, he basically said that he says, quote, uh, the actual and perceived control of so many important networks could easily be used to undermine public and consumer trust in data, written communications and services and the networks that the Russians control. They have the power to destroy or alter data and impersonate legitimate people. Domestic and geopolitical tensions could escalate quite easily if they use their access to malign influence and misinformation both hallmarks of Russian behavior. So this is very, very serious stuff. Um, you know, we may have the greatest military in the world, um, but having a ton of nukes and aircraft carriers really um, only, that only matters up until a point. And then it just, it, it kind of plateaus. The, the returns are diminishing on each new aircraft carrier that we have after that certain point. Um, the new, this new cold war we're in, we're essentially in a cold war with 
the Russians and the Chinese. Just last week, we were talking about Chinese spies on this program, and now it's a, this massive Russian espionage attack. We are in a new Cold War, um, and that war is being waved, waged with information, um, with technology. It's being conducted in, in the cybersphere. Um, we need to double down on our uh, cybersecurity um, because the Russians and the Chinese, they're uh, at least on par with us or, or beating us. Uh, it's, more, it's more likely than not that we're lagging in capabilities behind the Russians and the Chinese when it comes to intelligence gathering um, and, and espionage and cybersecurity. Um, and that, that's, that's, that's scary, scary stuff. Um, you mentioned Mitt Romney. He had uh, a, um, a, a tweet um, I want to pull up here because I, I thought it was so powerful. Um, it really describes the situation, what's going on here. He said on December 17th, the cyber hack is like Russian bombers have been repeatedly flying undetected over our entire country. Alarming U.S. vulnerability, apparent cyber warfare weakness, glaringly inadequate cyber defenses, inexcusable silence and inaction from the White House. Past time for a national security reset that prioritizes cybersecurity capabilities and defenses. Um, so, yeah, I'm really hoping that this new administration um, takes this stuff seriously and, and really tries to excel um, our uh, capabilities in those areas and recognizes that we are in a cold war of sorts. Um, the inability to recognize that, I, I think, um, could really just be catastrophic. Um, we got to take these threats seriously. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Am I sounding alarmist? You know, tell me if I am, Jeremy. I, I, um, but, no, I don't uh, think so. No, I, I mean yeah. it's a huge it's a huge problem. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, I think it's also telling that it wasn't the government that that found out uh, that discovered this hack. It was a, a private company that yeah. uh, you know knows it in their system and alerted the government. So that, that's a huge problem. But like this mm -hmm. has been going on undetected for who knows how long, and mm -hmm. it's going to be it's going to continue for who knows how long. Yeah, you know I, I have no so idea this... what a uh, what a, in a I don't know what an appropriate response is, uh, <laughs> but, but man, we, we have to retaliate somehow, some way. Yeah, and mm -hmm. the there the needs better. to be a retaliation for sure. Um, and, and, you know, again, you know, we have awesome military capabilities, but we're not actually going to actually, well, like when, when, you know, I, I've heard a, a few people, um, prominent figures say that we need to retaliate. I don't think anybody's talking about um, physically retaliating, you know, in terms of military might, you know, a retaliation is probably going to come in some kind of cyber attack right back at them. Um, that is how warfare between powerful uh, countries is going to be con conducted in, in uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, 
you know, the U.S. and Russia aren't going to war. Neither side wants an actual war. Same thing with U.S. and China. But there's going to be these proxy battles playing out in the cybersphere for influence around the world and, and for uh, economic gain and, 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 and just geopolitical supremacy and, and, uh, and, and all of this. Um, I think uh, in terms of how long this has been going on, I think the SolarWinds hack dates back to March, we believe, um, which is unique timing. What was going on in March? That's when the economy was crashing oh, yeah. <laughs> and the coronavirus was boom, the new news. Um, so while we are distracted with the coronavirus and it's early stages, Russia plans out this attack. Um, they timed it perfectly. We, they caught our heads in the sand. You know, Actually, our heads were looking this way at the virus and they're attacking us in the back is essentially what's going on. Um, and... Uh, and once they, you know, attacked Solar Winds, they were able to, you know, upload their um, code essentially into uh, a software update that Solar Winds then gave to all of their customers. They have hundreds of thousands of customers, including, you know, we already mentioned a, a bunch of them, um, you know, Microsoft and the Treasury Department. And uh, once they uploaded those those updates, uh, the Russians essentially got access to the uh, computer computer databases of, of, of all these organizations. Um, and the scariest thing is the ability for them to manipulate information. And this leads to something else that I fear is going to become a bigger story in, in the week ahead or in the weeks ahead. And that's this could be something that Donald Trump could use to try to retain power. Um, Russia wants chaos here. That's what they're trying to do. They want, so they, they want us to doubt our elections. And Trump just lost the election. Uh, he wants us to doubt the outcome as well. And he's already saying, this is in a tweet from December 19th, the cyber hack is a far... The cyber hack is far greater in the fake news media than in actuality. I have been fully briefed and everything is well under control. Russia, Russia, Russia is a priority chant when anything happens because lamestream is, for mostly financial reasons, petrified of discussing the possibility that it may be China. It may, in parentheses. There could also have been a hit on our ridiculous voting machines during the election, which is now obvious that I won big, making it even more corrupted embarrassment for the USA. So, I, I mean, Trump's trying to say that somehow this attack also targeted our um, electoral process and that the election was stolen. Um, and he's trying to somehow, you know, point the finger at, at China's direction, saying it wasn't Russia, it was China. And why is he doing that? Because... We all know that China did favor Joe Biden while Russia favored Donald Trump. So um, there is no evidence that the election was hacked. Um, but I think that this is going, going to become the next talking point moving forward. Um, and um, did you hear about this? Uh, 
this, I don't know if you, we should call it a theory or a, a idea um, or a rumor. I heard a rumor that they are considering um, declaring martial law and like seizing all the voting booths and, and trying to, you know, inspect them for, for tampering or what, whatnot. Um, did you hear, you hear that? I saw a headline. I, I saw that a, a martial law was uh, potentially discussed in the Oval Office in regards to seizing voting machines. Uh, I, I think Trump did. I think I haven't looked into this deeply, but I think he he tweeted out soon after the story was published that it was taken out of context. That's not what they were really talking about, but it's <laughs> it's. From from here until you know January twentieth, it's going to be a wild ride. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I I definitely was not expecting to be talking about martial law today. Last week, I can only imagine what we're talking about next week. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, supposedly um, in a meeting with Michael Flynn and uh, Sidney Powell. Um, and some other uh, uh, White House uh, <laughs> officials, yeah, they were trying to look at, at their options, essentially, for keeping Trump in power. And supposedly, there was some kind of big argument. I'm not exactly sure, you know, who was involved in this argument, but I think it was actually like a shouting match, I heard. And, um, you know, like bits and pieces of the story were coming out. So when I say... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not completely sure what exactly happened is because we're getting this spotty picture from, from the media. I don't think anyone's all that certain, but supposedly they were discussion, discussing the possibility of declaring martial law and um, inspecting the voting booths. Um, now, what happens if they do that and Trump collects all the, the voting booths and all the, the paper ballots and they say, oh, yeah. Trump actually did win. <laughs> you know, there's, uh, they didn't count all these, these Trump votes. Nobody's going to believe that. Nobody is going to believe that, you know, um, except like the diehard Trump people. Um, this yeah, is yeah, just yeah, scary yeah. stuff. A few million will we're, believe it. Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not out of the woods. Um, and, and the Russians, they're just laughing. They just, because they just want chaos. They want us to tear ourselves apart. And that's exactly what's happening. We're becoming the divided states of America. And, and we got to pull ourselves back together. Yeah. Russia has done... <laughs> well, America really has done <laughs> an excellent job of tripping over itself time and time again when it comes to the... the the whole Russia thing, um, and, and, you know, and generally speaking, when it came to Russiagate during the 2016 election, when it comes to this cyber attack, when it came to how we handled sanctions with them. Um, mm -hmm. Also, like, when we talk about the Iran nuclear deal, we're also talking about relations with Russia there. When we talk about relations yeah. with North Korea, we're talking about our relations with Russia. And we've for the, the past administration, we're really going back to 2014-15, that's really kind of when the whole media spin on Russia really began and where they started getting the problem with Russia is we got the story wrong in the beginning, right? It's just uh, when it came to uh, 
Trump as a as a Russian agent, if that he was um, in Moscow peeing on hookers and all that stuff. You know, it's a uh, they got all that stuff wrong. They, that was flat out well, blatantly incorrect. It's and, and, and yeah. Then, well, the, 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 it's it's wrong, but it is yeah, weird it, that that Trump always walks back these, you know, it wasn't Russia. It was China. China could have hacked this. You know, he's always walking back the Russian threat that Helensky conference. He does. He had a yes. few years ago, you know, um, um, Mr. Putin told me he didn't hack our election. I have no reason to believe that right. he did. You know, <laughs> uh, he's always. Mm-hmm saying oh, it's probably not the russians uh, what's up with that right yeah, I mean, well, we, I... yeah we have well it's a combination of you know, it's a it's a a failure a failure of the, of the fourth branch of government which is the media and it's also a failure of the executive branch of our government as well you know, it's just the, the i mean it, it's you're never going to have in well <laughs> depending on who's president i mean during Obama's administration, there basically was lockstep between the executive and the media. Um, however, that's I'm getting off track here. But yeah, it's, uh, one thing with Trump, and maybe this is a little unrelated to, but Trump in general, if somebody comes to Trump or if if an issue is presented and like, hey, all right, so here's here's a problem. The solution is A, B, or C. Trump is like, well, what about X, Y, and Z, right? He, he like, he, he's a fucking contrarian on every goddamn thing. He never like, like, when do you ever hear like Trump agree with his own administration, with Congress, with the media? He's just a c- contrarian to the core. Like he just like, but it, COVID especially, you know, when it came to wearing masks, when it came to uh, low lockdowns, when it came down to uh, having some kind of federal guidance on what to do, mm-hmm. it's and that's probably the best way, in my opinion, to sum up the the totality of his pre- presidency. In one word, just contrarian. Yeah. Um, is is it any time presented with evidence goes against it? Just. That's what's the most frustrating thing about about him as president. Yeah, I mean, and to be honest with you, that's I'm not saying that Trump was a Russian mole, but that's precisely what the Russians would want. They would want a guy, you know, casting doubt on whether or not masks work. Um, It's exactly what they would want. You know, they'd want a contrarian, somebody to so distrust in everything from our elections to our response to the coronavirus um, to, uh, you know, basically supporting the, the, um, uh, the QAnon people, right? Uh, (laughs) um, Conspiracy theories, you know, um, the endorsement of conspiracy theories, it's all designed to just so mistrust uh, and, 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 and doubt everything. And now the Russians control um, a lot, a, a lot of data that our government agencies have and uh, that uh, and a lot of our, our, our companies. I mean, who knows? the full extent of all the, the companies that they hacked. Um, 
they could be the Russians could be in our phones right now and have the ability. Imagine they hacked. Imagine the Russians hacked Snapchat. And there's like some politicians who have a Snapchat account, some powerful people. We all know what goes on on Snapchat. And it's, it's the app for sending pictures of Yahuwah to people. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> imagine, imagine the Russians have Mitch McConnell's cock. <laughs> I could see it. I could see that happening. And then that being used to blackmail him to make sure certain legislation gets passed. Some doesn't, you know, argue against this part of the defense uh, bill. Otherwise, this is going public. It's serious stuff. I mean, and that's yeah. that's it's the same reason why you know I I, I don't think uh, what, what's what's that the, the other TikTok, TikTok. It's a Chinese controlled app. Uh, I mean, they say that they don't control it, but that's what they say. We shouldn't trust that. Um, again, we got to treat this as an an attack. Um, we are in a a cold war or a, a cyber war or whatever you want to call this. Um, I don't know what exactly they're going to call it uh, in, in the future, but, you know, I, I think the 2016 election and onward in terms of geopolitics, there's going to be a certain section within our history books that talks about that period from the moment the Russians uh, you know, influence our 2016 electoral process um, to uh, to to what they did today. Uh, now uh, it's probably going to be called the Second Cold War um, or, or something like that. The the cyber the cyber war. Um, it's we're going through something serious in, in terms of geopolitics. Is is just what I'm trying to say, and that's where we really need to uh, uh, put some serious attention towards right yeah because you know this kind of shit has no signs of slowing down you know before this you know like the the big hacks you had what happened at sony you had equifax and maybe a couple others that were like really hope you know high profile uh you know target was one um but man those are so much smaller than what's than what we are currently in the middle of right now, and it's a it's incredibly important how uh, how the Trump administration decides to, to deal with it, and especially how the the Biden administration uh, decides to handle it because it's definitely not going to be cleaned up in like a, a month or less, right? This is going to be mm-hmm. probably in, in all in all seriousness and all likelihood going to take years to figure mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. They got to scrub down basically every single government computer. You know, they have to uninstall this, this, uh, uh, the, the um, uh, SolarWinds software from everything. Um, uh, a lot needs to be rebuilt. It's going to be very, very difficult. It's going to take a very long time. And if this yeah, really, it, this really sets us impossible. back far. Yeah, this sets us back very far in terms of um, our defensive capabilities um, as it relates to uh, cybersecurity. And, and that is the, the, the new way that that war is going to be waged between powerful co- uh, com- uh, countries. 
It's not about battleships or aircraft carriers or nukes or tanks. It's about cyber and, and we're losing cyber and intelligence and we're likely losing in both those categories. All right. <laughs> Should we move? Should we move on to uh, the lockdowns in in, in yeah, London, yeah. In the UK? Yeah, right, well, other great news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, as you all probably have heard, uh, the UK is entering a very tight lock- lockdown in some parts of the country. Um, so recently, there was a new strain of the coronavirus that was detected that is estimated to be somewhere around 70% more transmissible than the early variants of the virus. So this, uh, this strain mm-hmm. was identified back in the middle of October, but only within the last week or so did researchers realize a variant was much more transmissible than other variants. Mm-hmm. So with that information and seemingly a functioning federal government, they took this information and proposed some some uh, pretty strict lockdowns for the parts of the country that were being affected the worst by this uh, particular strain, or at least by COVID infection rate numbers. So parts of parts of the UK, including London, are going to be entering what they are calling Tier Four restrictions. So. A brief description about what this is going to be like for people there. Uh, The new restrictions are broadly similar to the national restrictions that were in place in November. Residents in the affected areas can't leave their homes except for essential trips, non-essential retail, as well as indoor gyms, movie theaters, and hairdressers have been forced to close. If people want to spend time with those outside their household, it can only be only be one person at a time. So if you're outside your home, only one-on-one interaction with people, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it needs to be outdoors. And uh, one difference between this from November's restrictions is that communal worship can still take place. Uh, if you are not even, if, even if you're not in a tier four area, they are requesting that you take the, the similar precautions, stay in your local area. Um, there are also going to be a police presence uh, on the roads trying to stop people from leaving lockdown areas. Which Jeez. was, I mean, there, there was rumors of some, you know, of stuff like that occurring here in the United States early on, but it never happened. I'm curious to see what it looks like in action in the UK. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's the gist of what's happening. Um, immediately afterwards after this was announced thousands of people tried to get the heck out of dodge they uh they crowded the trains everybody people who had vehicles they left but thousands of people fled these cities afterwards which may be counterproductive to what they were trying to achieve with these with these uh lockdown measures um but that's in in a nutshell um so, uh, yeah. Oh, so I, an, I heard la, 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 last thing. I'll, yeah. Oh yeah. Last thing I'll say, mm-hmm. um, so far, Ireland, Germany, France, Italy, the Netherlands and Belgium have all banned flights and travel from the UK. 
and the European Union will meet Monday to discuss a coordinated response. Yeah, so they're saying this new strain is responsible for about 60% of new cases, new coronavirus cases that are, that's, that are appearing in London. Um, so it's, it's much more transmissible, up to 70% more transmissible. Um, the good thing is that it's not more deadly. It just spreads much easier. And although we have this, we have vaccines coming out now. The UK, of course, was the first country to start administering the Pfizer vaccine. Um, it, it's basically just, just a race, you know, to, to vaccinate as many people as fast as possible. Um, it, there is no uh, evidence whether or not this new strain is more resistant to the vaccine. Um, so, you know, we can uh, assume as of now, um, unless evidence uh, comes forward, um, we can assume that uh, it, it, it's not resistant to the vaccine. Um, um, but that is a possibility. Um, and speaking of vaccines, uh, other some good news is we actually have a second vaccine that's been approved here in the United States. Uh, the Moderna vaccine is now um, available and being administered. Um, so we have two, two vaccines, the Pfizer and the Moderna. Um, but regardless, this is going to be a very difficult Christmas, uh, especially for people in the UK in those tier four areas. Um, Christmas is essentially, Christmas travel is essentially banned. Um, you can only celebrate Christmas with your within your immediate household. Um, still, people aren't going to follow it. There's going to be spread. There's probably going to be a post-Christmas spike everywhere. Same thing with uh, Thanksgiving. Um, you know, right now, our numbers are not good. Um, we've been hitting, I, I think, record, record cases basically every day for like the past two weeks or something. Um that's going to happen again as a result of Christmas. Uh, it's just inevitable when you have a lot of people gathering. Um, and it just, uh, it's, it's just shitty. Um, but hopefully by the spring, uh, we'll have, uh, there'll be so many vaccines um, out there that there'll actually be a vaccine glut and that there's more vaccines than, than needed. Um, I actually am an optimistic in, in, uh, in this, on this front. I, I think things are going to get better, um, but this may be a, a difficult month ahead, essentially. Um, you know, it's Christmas, it's a time to be jolly, but um, it, it's going to be a difficult Christmas, I think. Um, and and uh, a few weeks after Christmas, once we start seeing those those Christmas numbers um, um, spike, because of course it, it takes like a week, two weeks before we start seeing the the you know cases that are a result of Christmas. Um, man, I, I hate to bring that up at at the end. You know, it's supposed to be like Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you before New Year. Um, and it's supposed to be happy and jolly. I don't want to end on a shitty note, especially shitty talking about Christmas too. Um, but uh, that's where we are. That's 2020. 
Yeah, it's uh, definitely <laughs> we're gonna end this year in a wild way, man. It's it's it is. Yeah, it's it's definitely a very depressing time, uh, considering how you know what what our response has been to the virus and how bad it didn't have to be here in the states. Um, you know, I th- when you look at other countries and what their response has been, and what their um, infection rate and mortality rate has been, when you look at places like Singapore, New Zealand, South Korea. And you really wonder, it's like, you know, why, why wasn't that level of, of response something that was, you know, possible here in the States, you know, um, and uh, I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a, uh, a, a breakdown in community, a breakdown in government. Um, but, uh, I, I think, um, uh, yeah, we've. <laughs> You messed this up and, uh, and it's going to continue to, you know, ravage our nation for three, four months from here on out. Yeah. Sorry sorry to be a down, a downer here too, but my God, yeah, it is a, if if it's a, if it is not as bad as what you think it is, um, it could be worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, hey, we're we're getting six hundred bucks, right? Yeah, can't be that bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe we should have ended on the stimulus talks. You know, six hundred bucks—that's sure. such a better note to go out on than we're all gonna die. But uh, here we are. Here we are. That's what twenty twenty has been like. Um, this year is almost over. Thank God. And I think 2021 is going to be good overall. <laughs> overall. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, any other points that we should uh, cover before uh, we wrap up? No, I think that's it, man. All right. Well, I hope everybody has a lovely Christmas. And happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish friends. Um, And um, we will record, I guess, between Christmas and New Year's. We'll have time to do another episode in 2020. And then then it's off to 2021. Any final Uh, words? Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, if you could, please be sure to like, share, subscribe. Uh, if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, be sure to leave a comment below. And we hope to see you guys soon. Yeah, and especially if you if if you uh, disagree, I'd like to, um, you know, hear about you know well, what do you disagree with and uh, and why. That would be interesting to read. Um, yeah, thanks. Thank you, everybody, for. Uh, checking us out and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great Christmas.